Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. On this episode of The Booze Hustle, we talk to Sally Johnson Bloom winemaker for state-of-the-art Camber Bay Vineyards in Calistoga, and consultant winemaker to several projects around California, including Mullen Road Cellars, owned by Dennis Capebread. Previously, she spent 15 years as the head winemaker at Pride Mountain, garnering many professional accolades, including two Robert Parker 100-point scores and two wines on the Wine Spectator Top 100. And in recent years, Bloom has even taken a turn at the helm of Robert Mondavi Winery as director of winemaking. We talked about her educational beginnings studying biotech and how a fateful study abroad trip to France changed the trajectory of her life. I hope you enjoy the episode. Dang, girl, that's a big coffee. Oh, it's not full, but... (laughs) Could be. <laughs> Did you ever see So I Married an Axe Murderer? Yeah. Oh my God. And he had that like giant cappuccino. He's like, oh, cappuccino. And I was like, giant. Yeah. <laughs> That's like one of my favorite movies. Um, well, it's nice to meet you. Yeah, you too. I've heard so many awesome things about you that I, I really wanted to just uh, meet you and talk to you. And you seem like a really cool, genuine, awesome human being in addition to having a really successful career. That's so flattering. Thanks. I promise I'm not really actually that interesting, but um, I like I like that people think I am. So that's interview cool. over. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> We're done. Um, no, actually. So just to give you a little background on the podcast, this is a very informal podcast. This is not guild sum. Uh, this is like you know, short, fun interviews where I get to talk to people that I think are interesting that are in and around the wine and spirit space. So don't, don't feel the pressure. Okay. We're not going to be talking about, we're not going to be talking about bricks or anything today. (laughs) That part is easy. So now I, (laughs) oh no. All right. Well, we'll only talk about bricks. (laughs) So where, where do you live? I live in Santa Rosa, which is kind of nice. I'm sort of like adjacent to wine country without being, you know, totally all the time inundated with wine people. Mm-hmm. You need like a break from it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can go to Safeway without like, you know, putting on makeup or <laughs> sure that you're not wearing your jammies or whatever. Mm-hmm. Wait, people put on makeup to go to the grocery store. That's my impression. I'm doing it wrong then. Um, oh I, I have two speeds. I always talk about this, like friends of mine, like I have two speeds, which is I either look amazing and mm-hmm. put so much thought and effort into like really cool outfits, or I literally could be 
a, a, an unhoused person. <laughs> no, no in between. That's great. Yeah. Um, so tell me about yourself. You have uh, two kids. I do. I have a 12 year old daughter and a 10 year old son. Um, they've been with me since the early days of my career. So punching down bins and checking oh. brick. <laughs> that's awesome. Oh, yeah. that's so cool. Um, what do they think about your job? Because I'll tell you, I have two daughters, uh, eight and five, and they, if you ask them what I do for a living, they tell people I make wine and that I'm on the radio. <laughs> well, <laughs> Close enough. Yeah. <laughs> I could think that wine is super boring. They do not think I'm cool and they do not think that there's anything special about making wine. They do. They love when I get to meet like people that they're actually interested in. So mm -hmm. the you know, sort of like the occasional celebrity um, experience gets me some points with them. Mm -hmm. I saw that picture of you with Martha Stewart. Oh yeah, that was fun. <laughs> did you get to hang out with her? I did, but she was at a different table. She was sitting with Carmelo Anthony and I was oh, sitting of course. Over <laughs> yeah, what the, <laughs> the servers referred to as the kids table. <laughs> My God, that's so funny. Yeah. What a wild career she's had. I, I mean, and she's in her eighties yeah. and she looks great. She looks amazing. Did yeah. you see her tattoo that she just got? Stop it. She got hey, a Martha Stewart. <laughs> yeah. She got a massive shoulder tattoo of Snoop's face. No, she didn't. You're lying. She did. She did. I literally don't. I don't even know how to feel about that. I think it's <laughs> I think it's hilarious. I think it's also because she's old enough now that it really doesn't matter what she's yeah, gonna do she's got her cbd gummies which we did talk about that night i thanked her for curing insomnia for millions of people and yeah she, she did that she said there's more work that needs to be done so i think i applaud her for that true and i wonder if snoop got a tattoo of martha's face <laughs> that would be so <laughs> I mean, it's kind of creepy if he didn't. Like, I feel like that's like a friend, like a bestie thing. You get like tattoos together. Yeah, you should definitely. Yeah, I had not thought of that, but that's a really good point. Well, you're friends with her now. You should just uh, let her know. <laughs> um, yeah. face tattooed on her body then. Yeah, right. So you've been in uh, work, work, work mode right now, like doing a lot of consulting things. So tell tell our listeners a little bit about what you're working on right now. Yeah, I have some really fun projects that I'm doing right now. I'm at Tambor Bay Winery, which is this gorgeous property. It's a working horse ranch. We have 20 horses here, everything from retired racehorses mm. to polo horses to rescue horses. There's little miniature ponies. Um, it's just a restful and beautiful place. And it's exciting to be here because Tampa Bay does a ton of custom crush. So in addition to me here making the Tampa Bay wines, we have Mike Smith is in and out all the time working on his brands. Thomas Rivers Brown is doing some things here. Mm -hmm. Nova Katamatra, she's a master of wine. She's making some wine here too. So it's she's been on the pod. She's been on the podcast. <laughs> Follow in her footsteps wherever she goes. She's very cool. I like her yeah, a lot. I do too. That's awesome. Wait, so the 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 Horses and the ponies don't get equal points with the kids. I feel like that would. They do. Yes. They <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So I'm really interested, like in our industry, we all come from like very diverse backgrounds. Although I feel like the winemaker people I've spoken to over the last few years, 
have a very similar like horticulture gardening interest background. But I'm wondering, like, what did young Sally want to be? Like, what did you want to be when you were growing up? Well, I set the bar pretty low. I just wanted to be like, <laughs> an important historical f- figure of some kind. <laughs> I remember I that. Someone that and they just like were laughing at me. Um, I wasn't really sure what I was going to do. My parents were both in science. My dad was a toxicologist. My mom worked for Pfizer in drug development. And so they really encouraged me to go into science because that was their sphere. That was what they knew. And they felt comfortable with that. Mm -hmm. So in college, I picked biology as my major. It was kind of like the science that I enjoyed the most. And then I had to complete my French language requirement. So I ended up taking this semester of French and the instructor that I had was the coordinator of a study abroad program in France. Mm. She said, oh, hey, you should you should come. You seem to be enjoying this. And so I thought that sounded amazing. So mm-hmm. I went to France and I really do feel that that completely changed my life. Like I had never been in such an inspiring environment. It was just so foreign and new and beautiful. And that's really where I fell in love with wine and food mm you know, the cultural aspects and the history of it. So I came back, I finished up my degree in biology and French literature, and then I applied to UC Davis to study viticulture. So Mm -hmm. similar to what you mentioned, I had a background in horticulture. That was my interest. But Mm -hmm. um, then I realized that all the winemaking students were having a lot of fun, drinking all the good wines (laughs) and parties and yeah. Yeah. So I I transitioned over into winemaking after my first year at Davis. That's cool. I feel like every time I talk to someone who's had a study abroad or, you know, just not even like a study abroad, just a time abroad, it's really enriched them in so many ways and made them such so much more interesting. And like, I feel like we need to I'm going to do it with my kids and I'm I'm sure you're going to want to do it with your kids too, but really encourage like the gap year or the study abroad because we become so much more aware of how small the world really is and really just like opens up opportunities. So I love that you did that. I did, um, I taught English in Barcelona for a little while. Yeah. I mean, not as cool as what you were doing, but it was, you know, just me and a bunch of drunk Brits um, (laughs) hanging out and (laughs) teaching in quotation marks. (laughs) Yeah, that sounds more fun. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it was it was fun. It was fun. I did enjoy that. I did come back with some perspective. So you came back, you're like UC Davis, you're on that track and trajectory. You've had a pretty um, successful career. I, I was reading a little bit about you in prep for our conversation today. And I mean, you've got some some stellar wines that you've created over the years. Did you ever envision that that would be your trajectory or were you kind of shooting for another area of, of the industry? I definitely wanted that to be my trajectory. I, you know, when I was early in my career, I had no idea how I was going to get there. Mm-hmm. I remember, you know, I started out at St. Francis, which is a little bit of a bigger winery, larger production scale than what I really, really wanted to do. But I think I learned so much there because mm-hmm. I had to develop these really top-notch organizational skills and mm-hmm. people skills. I interacted with so many people and my team was so big that that really shaped my attitude towards collaboration, which I think is really integral to the success that I've had. Mm-hmm. Then I got the opportunity to go to Pride, which was sort of like a lateral move. I was already 
I had a winemaker title at St. Francis and mm-hmm. the position at Pride was an associate winemaker position, but I really wanted to go into that ultra premium tier. And I just loved the Pride wine so much that it was a no brainer decision for me. And that ended up just being a great opportunity. Over 15 years at Pride, I had this really good relationship with my colleagues there. Steve Pride, he was really a great mentor, just so passionate about mm-hmm. fine wine and really a scientist. You know, he always wanted to explore and experiment. We had tons of trials going all the time. We mm-hmm. really thought through every step of the process and we worked really closely together. Mm-hmm. So I think that, um, you know, I've always worked really, really hard and I will say that that's part of my success, but just seizing those opportunities and trying to turn each position into something that could be an opportunity for me to grow. Sure. Has been, yeah. Yeah. That's, I was going to actually ask you about mentors. So Steve Pride, was there anyone else who was really integral for you um, as a mentor? Well, I guess, you know, as like in winemaking, I really leaned on my friends from Davis, other colleagues in the industry a lot Hmm. in terms of just like picking people's brains, tasting together. Yeah. In terms of like professional mentor, I would say my mom, she was Hmm. this strong woman in a time when it was really challenging, especially in science for women to, to succeed. And she always encouraged me to just be really careful and thoughtful about my decisions and to bring people along to not see colleagues as competitors, but as collaborators. And Mm -hmm. uh, just really taught me how to be strong in a genuine and kind way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that those are uh, life skills, right? So when like, you know, especially when you make a career change, like you recently just made, had a career change of your own and like really kind of feeling like, you know, when you're in a situation and you're, it's a good fit or if it's not a good fit and being able to be true to yourself and then really honor that and, and be, be strong for that. So um, how, you were, you were director of winemaking for Robert Mondavi for, for like last year, right? Yeah. Just about a year at Robert Mondavi Winery. Yeah. How was that experience compared to like Pride? Well, it was very different. You know, Pride is very small. It's family owned. Mandavi is part of um, a larger company and Mm -hmm. there are just a lot of moving parts. It's also one of a family of brands. So Mm -hmm. that was really interesting because in my career prior to that point, I hadn't really had a big group of winemakers within my own company to bounce ideas off of. I really enjoyed getting to know the winemakers for from the other brands, see me and the prisoner and mm-hmm. um have some great, great winemakers in that company. It was a challenge for me because the techniques that I have developed over the course of my career are really more like direct hands-on, you know, and so to try to scale that up was challenging. But again, I think I really learned a lot about how to be more open-minded and how to draw information out of the team that was supporting me. And it was really fun to work with Tokalon Vineyard. I mean, I don't think you could find a winemaker in Napa who wouldn't love to work with Tokalon Cab. So that was, that was amazing. Yeah. I've, um, I also, oh, you worked with like a winemaking council too. What was that experience like? Cause that winemaking council had some, some heavy hitters on it. And I always wanted to 
ask, like if if I could just be in the room and just, you know, what's that experience like? Because I believe there's Andy Erickson and Thomas Rivers Brown um, and even Jean Viev. What What's that experience like? Is it like, are there a lot of egos in the room or is it like collaborative? Because like everybody's a star in their own right in winemaking. Was that a, a, a learning experience? So what was that like for you? Well, that part was great. That was actually one of my um, main reasons for taking the job at Mandavi, because in addition to Andy and Thomas and Genevieve, we had Helen Keplinger on the technical mm-hmm. council too. So I went to Davis with Andy and Helen. We've known each other since the late 90s. I think I get asked this question a lot. I think people expect that there would be a lot of egos in the room, but really winemakers, when we get together, we're just nerds, you know, we just <laughs> talk about wine and like ask each other how it's going. And we were, it was really fun to make wines from the same vineyard in our own unique styles and then mm-hmm. taste them together. And they were all so good and so distinctive. And I think between the group of us, like, every tasting was not blind because we could taste and instantly tell, oh, that's Helen's or that's mm-hmm. Thomas, that's Jean Viev's, you know? And so I think that to me was really cool because terroir is so important, but there is an undeniable effect of, you know, the style and the choices that the winemaker makes. So it was fun to see that. That's very cool. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com acast. I love that idea of being able to really just blind know what your colleague is making. How, what would you say, you know, the the biggest difference in, in like something you were making would be from somebody who was a little bit more classically trained like Jean-Viev? 
Oh, that's interesting. Well, I hope I don't get in trouble with this, but <laughs> I can edit out whatever you want. <laughs> okay. Okay. So for each of us, I would say Geneviève, yeah, her wines are very elegant. They're restrained. She really loves Cab Franc. She loves to make these beautiful, ageable wines with great acidity and freshness. Um, Andy, he loves structure. He loves a lot of really nice, expensive French oak. His wines mm -hmm. are and then Thomas's wines are really opulent. They're just like expressive and exuberant. You can smell the wine as soon as the cork comes out mm. of the bottle. So, and then I guess I would say, I don't know. I mean, I would have to have someone else describe my style. <laughs> that's what I do, but. Um, Yours are like, mine are the best. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think any of us would argue that someone else's were <laughs> the uh, best, right? Like, well, we see, that's good. Doing, yeah, it is good. Well, that's the sign of being like a student of life, being someone who says like, you know, I, I always have work to do. There's more to do in my, you know, learning and experience and skill level. And the minute somebody's like, I'm perfect. I'm just like, I don't take anything you say seriously yeah. at all. Yeah. Wine, oh. is, wine is like that because every vintage is a new opportunity to learn something new and we never know what's coming. You know, yep. 2022 is a great example of that. It seemed to be a really even keel. I mean, it was warm, but it wasn't hot. And then all of a sudden it got super, super hot for a really short period of time that was really critical. So mm -hmm. uh, yeah, that's when it pays to have great relationships with other winemakers because it can be hard to make a decision, you know, when there are so many unknowns. So when you have that group of people that you can call up and say, oh my God, what are you seeing? What are you doing? And talk through some of your options with mm -hmm. some really talented people. I think that makes for good decision-making. That's great. That's really fantastic. I wonder, um, so what are you up to these days? So you're at Tambor Bay. I hear you're consulting. You're doing a lot of other things. What is the, um, I guess, long-term goal for you? Do you have any other big things in mind for your, for yourself? I do. I have some things in mind. I was accepted into the Napa Vintners Leadership Program this year, awesome. which I've heard great things about from people who have participated in the first two um, cohorts. Um, and I do, I, ha I feel like I do have a vision and I almost kind of have a mission for myself for the rest of my career. So I think I've been really inspired by all of the talk about sustainability and biodiversity that is going on in Napa. And I think that's so cool. And for me, I also think that it's important that we bring that diversity into the Napa Valley in terms of the brands and the ownership. So we're kind of at this critical phase right now where a lot of the founding families are getting to that third generation, you know, where succession is a challenge. Maybe there's mm. too many kids or maybe they're just not that into wine. And so, you know, a lot of a lot of really famous wineries are being consolidated into these larger ownership groups. And I do think there's a place for that. I would never argue that there's not a place for that mm -hmm. type of ownership. But in order for Napa to remain really strong and to continue to produce the best wines in the world, we need a really diverse patchwork of brands and ownership. And so I really want to spend the rest of my career just kind of like fostering new and up and coming, developing family owned brands, launching projects and having a lot of fun doing it. I'm working on something in Washington state with cake bread, which will be really cool for me. That's going to be a huge learning opportunity. 
I don't know if you've been up there, but um, the vines that I'm going to be working with in Washington are all own rooted, which mm -hmm. is, we don't see that here at all. Everything mm -hmm. in Napa is planted onto rootstock, mm -hmm. but the soils up there are so sandy. They really have never had the same level of disease pressure that we have here. And also the season is just super, super compressed. So I was up there last week when we had about six inches of growth here in Napa on our vines, and they didn't even have bud break yet. Hmm. So much later season, but then once the season kicks off, the days are so much longer that each day you get, you know, exponentially more growth and development. So I think I'll learn a lot there. I think I'll have a lot of fun. And I think there's some really great wines being produced there. And it'll be fun to be a part of that. So that's very cool. I I, I love your mission. I think it's um, very important. And I agree with you. The diversity in Napa Valley and, and other winemaking regions is going to be incredibly important, especially as we, you know, uh, move into the future. I wonder, do you have any advice for women starting out in the industry or or even even just young people, not necessarily just women, but um, in getting into winemaking and really planning your career and advocating for yourself? Yeah, I have had so many interns over the course of my career and they've become really great friends in addition to having been my mentees. It's been great to see them progress in their careers. I would say, first of all, experiment, taste, like work in a bunch of really diverse regions of the world. But then once you get a sense of what you really love to do, it is good to really kind of like drill down and focus on that. Like for me, I'm, I make Cab Merlot, Cab Franc. That's really like, that's what I do the best. I love Pinot. I love Syrah and Viognier too, but I'm in Napa and I do Cab. Mm -hmm. So I would say that, yeah, having a focus is really important. Working at some wineries in the quality tier where you want to end up is really important. And um, just having a really open mind and being creative, being willing to try new things. I think that's really critical right now. We're all sort of adapting to climate change and there is no rule book for how to make wine going into the future. So I think that creativity and um, open-mindedness and forward-thinkingness is going to be really, really important to the next generation of winemakers. Mm -hmm. That is great advice. Um, so I always like to ask my my wine people, what are you drinking these days? So I know you're, I know you're Napa and I know you're, I know what you make and what you're good at making, but what are you drinking? Like, what do you drink on like a Tuesday with takeout? I drink a lot of Rhone wine. I love Rhone wines. I love Chateau Nif de Pop. I love the Northern Rhone. I love Condrieu. Um, that's that's my go-to. My husband also likes all that stuff. So mm -hmm. that's sort of something that we can always know if we open it, we're going to love it. Mm -hmm. That's an expensive uh, habit you have there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so for us normal people, what would you recommend? <laughs> I would say like, yeah, Central Coast, California, there's some great deals. Um, Washington State too, I was really impressed. I think the Syrahs from up there are among the best in the world and they are very um, value priced for mm -hmm. now. For now, exactly. Yeah. Once everyone hears this podcast and then, uh, you know, people will start <laughs> yeah. buying up land. Um, that's great. Um, do you drink spirits or cocktails or anything? Do you make anything at home? I do. I'm making some limoncello right now. I Ooh. like to, I do that in lemon season, um, which is fun. I'm going to make some 
Amaro too. I'm kind of into Ooh. that now. But I like a good cocktail. I'll I like a whiskey drink, mm. or like a gin. I like a dry. I don't really like sweet drinks at all. Mm-hmm. So I'll have like a Manhattan or a thirty martini or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, try to focus on the wines that I don't get into too much trouble. Yep. And if you were to like judge me just based on like my my wall here, <laughs> you would think it. that yeah. <laughs> I have a drinking world. <laughs> oh my god! So Sally, I had a, a parent teacher conference over Zoom. Uh, like a week ago and like halfway through it, I was like, oh, oh my God, how funny. I probably should have put a virtual background. <laughs> <laughs> I like said it in the middle of the meeting. I was like, I just would like to uh, just let you know that um, I actually work in the wine and spirits industry. I'm not, I don't have a drinking problem. <laughs> 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 They're just like, oh my God. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, I, I always like to ask my my guests on on the pod, What's something that people maybe misunderstand about you or that you wish they knew that they don't? Um, let's see. I don't know. I spent 15 years at the top of a mountain, so I really had no idea what people thought about me. <laughs> <laughs> like, I lived in a cave. <laughs> no cell service. Nice. Now I'm out in the world and people do seem to have opinions about me that I had no idea. Um, I would hope that people would say I'm humble and kind and a good winemaker. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm not sure. I don't know. I guess, I guess I like when I was younger in my career, I probably would have been intimidated by somebody like myself. So Mm -hmm. that's why I always just go out of my way to be super approachable because I love connecting with people. And I really enjoy getting to know people. And I I like when people approach me to get to know me. Yeah, that's cool. So what's, what's your, uh, I I know this is like a loaded question, but like, what's your legacy? What are we, what are you adding that is going to be, you're going to become the historical figure that you wanted to be when you were a kid. So like, what is the legacy? What is that? Well, the legacy is those wines are in bottle and they will, some of them will outlive me, you know? And, um, I think, Every wine is a story. It's not like lemonade, you know, it continues <laughs> in bottle and it has a life of its own and it tells a story. Um, yeah, I would also like to leave the Napa Valley strong and ready for whatever its future might be. I think there's a lot of unknowns right now. And I, th- I think it's been really positive to see how our community has come together after the fires and COVID and multiple mm-hmm. recessions. Like we've really become so close knit and so connected. So I think that's, that's a legacy that we're all leaving behind, which is really positive. Yeah. Well, that's beautiful. Well, thank you for doing the podcast. Yeah, it was my pleasure. Thank you for inviting me. It was fun. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. 
Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.